Well, hello there, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio. Good to be with you. Hey, let me ask you. Have you ever been on a picnic? How many listening today have ever been on a picnic? Let me ask you another question. You know that Jesus likes picnics? Oh, yeah. He likes them. We're going to see that today. Jesus, ah, he really likes picnics. As a matter of fact, the Bible records two picnics that Jesus hosted. And we're going to take a look at one of them. We are in a series. It's entitled... Let's meet Jesus again for the very first time. And it's an important series. You know why? Because we're discovering new things about Jesus, or maybe just remembering the things that we've learned in the past. And maybe we forgot. Sometimes we are forgetful people. Or we become familiar, and we think, oh, you know, I heard that before. And when we get familiar like that, it loses its impact. You know, the wonderful things of God don't affect us anymore like they could or like they should. So that's why it's good to, you know, go over the stories. It's really important to do that. And that's what we're doing in this series, taking a fresh look at Jesus. Okay? All right. So, by the way, you know why we take a fresh look? (laughs) He's the one who loves us, and he's the one who died for us. This is why. This is why we never want to lose focus of who Jesus is and what he did. Now, in this account, Jesus is going to teach us that he does the things that he does so we would remember them. You know, how much of the Christian life is about remembering? How about like almost all of it? (laughs) The only thing we don't remember is our sins, but everything else that we learn, we need to remember. See, when Jesus did things, he didn't do things to impress people. He did things to educate people. So question, as I read about the life of Christ, am I being educated? Am I learning? That's the key. See, even today, some preachers, well, they do things to impress. For others, it's all about emotion and hype. But I believe it's better to educate. That's the job of the preacher. Educate the people. So today we pick it up in John chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is also known as the Sea of Tiberias. So when you read one or the other, it's talking about the very same body of water. Okay? All right. Now, when the Bible opened up in chapter 6 and said, After these things, I always ask the question, What things? Right? What things? Well, here's the what things. The healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda in chapter 5. Remember that story? Jesus went down by the pool. All kinds of people sitting around waiting for the stirring of the water. Because they believed, ugh, when the water bubbled first went in, they got healed. So Jesus went down and found some guy sitting on his mat. Says, what do, we, what do you want me to do for you? 
Guy really didn't answer the question. He said, well, there's no one to put me down in the water. People walk all over me. And Jesus answered him anyway. He said, get up. Pick up your bed and walk. And the guy believed him. <laughs> he got up. Walked away. Cool. So after those things, after that thing that just happened now, verse 1, chapter 6, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Or Tiberias, like I said. And see, why did Jesus do that? Because he just wanted to get away for a while. You know, the day before, when he healed the man at the pool, the Bible says, because he healed that guy at the pool, the Jews were seeking all the more, what? To kill him. I'm like, are you kidding? He did a great thing. He healed a guy that couldn't walk. Oh, Jesus, wow, you healed him? We're going to kill you. <laughs> Why? Because he did it on a Saturday. I'm like, wow. Because he did it on the Sabbath. And they didn't want anything done on the Sabbath, not even good stuff on the Sabbath. And by the way, it also he was calling God his Father, making himself equal with God. So it's like, it was like two reasons these guys didn't want Jesus around. He's breaking the Sabbath, and he put himself on an equal level with God. I remember years ago I was on a plane, and I was flying somewhere, I don't know, and I was sitting next to a man of the Muslim faith. We, we were having a nice conversation, very respectful, and um, I wish I knew then what I knew now, because he said Jesus never claimed to be God. But of course he did. Listen, that's why they killed him. They killed him because he claimed to be God. And this is one of the passages right here that we're citing. So I wish I kind of knew that then. I didn't have a great defense at that time. I was younger. It was years ago. And, you know, you're always growing and learning more things. Okay. So anyway, verse 2. A large crowd followed Jesus because they saw the signs that he was performing. And all those who were sick. You know, there was a lot of sickness in the days of Jesus. Doctors weren't as educated as they are today. They didn't have the medicines then that we have today. And when Jesus came on the scene and he starts healing people, man, word spreads. They're like, hey, bring your sick to Jesus. He'll help them. So Jesus, he's getting tired. And you know, everybody needs to take a break from their routine once in a while get worn out. So in verse 3, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the Feast of the Jews was near. So you know when Passover time comes, a lot of folks, they're traveling to Jerusalem. Oh yeah, they're on a pilgrimage. Everybody wants to get to Jerusalem at least once in their life to observe the Passover. All right, maybe it's like going to Washington, D.C. on the 4th of July. Got to do it once, you know? I want to see that. Or maybe going in the spring to see the, the blossoms on the trees. So they all, you know, they want to go to Jerusalem, celebrate the Passover. Now in verse 5, Jesus is about to reveal two things about himself and one thing about common man. Here's what he's going to reveal about himself. Number one, he has a sensitive spirit to the needs of others. Now that's good to know because that includes us. He has a sensitive 
spirit to the needs of others. That's good. Number two, he has the power to meet those needs. I like that. Not only is he aware of our needs, but he has the power to meet those needs. And then he's going to teach one thing about man. There are, there are things that are impossible for man to do. Right? Would you agree? Of course. We can't do <laughs> everything. There are things we just can't do. Okay? So, now, therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, he can't get away. Wherever he goes, he wants to get away, take a little rest. Here come the people. Hey, he's over there. <laughs> Let's go. They're chasing after Jesus. Well, Jesus looked and saw that the people were coming to him. And how, you know, let's face it, how overwhelming it can be to know that there are people that come to you because they need you. Right? There are many roles in life where people experience that. Moms experience that. You're always needed by the kids, even by your husband. Hey, single moms even more. And let's not leave out single dads. Right? People need you. Children need you. People in places of responsibility at work need you. Employees look up to the employer. They need you. So wherever we go, doctors are needed by many, many people. Okay? So it can be overwhelming sometimes. So in verse 2, like we saw, a large crowd followed him because why? Of all the wonderful things he was doing for people, he was helping the sick. See, when you have a heart, something happens inside of you when you know that people need you. When your heart is soft and you know people need you, you respond. Now, when your heart is hard and you know that people need you, you run away. Because you don't care. But when your heart is soft, you respond. And so, and one of the needs people knew that Jesus knew these people had was they were hungry. Here comes these crowds of people. They've been following him all day long. They haven't eaten. No Cumberland Farms. No Burger King. No Happy Meals. They were hungry. So Jesus said to Philip, where are we going to buy some bread so that these people can eat? Now remember, when we studied the time when Jesus called some of his disciples in chapter 1? How many remember that he went to Galilee? And in Galilee, he found Philip. And Philip called Nathaniel. Right? Well, Jesus is back in Galilee. So, that's why he asked Philip, because Philip would know where they could find some food to feed the people. Philip knew his way around. That was his town. He knew all the stores. But why did Jesus really ask him where we didn't get bread to feed these people? Verse 6 tells us why. He was saying this to <laughs> test him. Oh, boy. He was saying this to test him. For he himself knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew what he was going to do. I like that. He always knows what he's going to do. We worship a God that doesn't try to figure it out as he goes along. <laughs> he always knows what he's going to do. See, we should be able to rest in that. Trust in that. He always knows 
what he's going to do. Now, Philip, he's very pragmatic. He's practical-minded. And Philip said to Jesus, 200 denarii, what's a denarii? Say a day's pay, right? 200 denarii, 200 days pay worth of bread? That's not enough. That's not even enough to feed all these people, even to give them a little, a little bit. I think in Philip's mind, if he could provide even a little, he thought that would be good. If everybody just got a little something, you know, maybe a little scallop wrapped in bacon. Oh, they can't have scallops. (laughs) How about a stuffed mushroom cap? I don't know if they can eat mushrooms. Well, anyway, if they all got just a little bit. I mean, you see how easy it is to sell Jesus short? A little bit. You think the Lord is satisfied providing for people a little bit? You know, later on, Jesus would say, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I don't want them to just have a little life. I want them to have abundant life, the fullness of life. That's what he wants them to have, a fulfilled life. So now Andrew, he comes on the scene and he said he found a young boy that brought his own picnic lunch. Now how he figured that out, I don't know. Maybe he went around asking people, got any food, got any food? Little boy said, I got, I got, I got something here. So he, he, Andrew came back and said to Jesus, there's a lad here. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. But then he said, but what are these for so many people? I mean, you're right, Andrew. You know, barley, what's barley? Barley bread was the bread of the poor. It wasn't wheat. It wasn't multigrain. It wasn't raisin bread. It wasn't even Thomas's English muffins with the nooks and crannies. It was simple barley. And the fish, <laughs> they were more like sardines. So remember, he's just a young boy. You know, he's not, he doesn't have a couple of footlongs from Subway here. He's a little kid. So he's got his picnic lunch, pickled fish and some dinner rolls made out of barley. That's it. That's all he's got. So you know what Jesus does? <laughs> he's so cool. He tells the disciples, have all the people sit down on the grass. And he put them in rows, one gospel writer said, 50 people in a row. And they all sat down. And they counted about, are you kidding me, 5,000 people. That's a mega church right there. 5,000 people. And then you know what Jesus did? As a father, he took spiritual responsibility. And he prayed over the food. Like a father prays over his family. And you know, here's the prayer that he would pray, because it was a Jewish prayer. He would pray, Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, who causes to come forth bread from the earth. That was his prayer. And then the Bible says, Jesus then, he took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. I'm like, what? As much as they 
wanted. I wonder if Jesus had a little Italian in him. You know, Italians always make you eat more than you want, right? Grandma says, is that all you want? Have some more, have some more. Manja, manja. No, Grandma, I had enough. No, eat, eat. (laughs) I went through that. I had Italian grandmother. But see, this just means that Jesus provided for all that they needed or all that they wanted. Now, that's a picnic. What a beautiful recipe for a picnic. Grassy fields, plenty of food, and Jesus. That sounds like a good day to me. See, it's great when Jesus is at your gatherings. You know, there are gatherings people have, and Jesus is far away, and you know what? Nothing but trouble. Oh, yeah. A lot of trouble. A lot of gatherings. People, they drink, and they get get into conflict and sometimes they have fist fights and it's like oh man it's crazy but when jesus is at the gathering it's always a good time it makes for a better time it really does so maybe this is something that we need to like remember whenever we gather with people let's make sure jesus is invited Now, verse 12, when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing would be lost. So there they go. There go the disciples walking between all the rows of the people. They got some baskets collecting all the the extra food. Look at the smiles on the people's faces. Oh, they're well fed. So what do the disciples do? Well, they gathered up the food. They filled (laughs) 12 baskets. Woo! 12 baskets. They just fed 5,000 people and got 12 baskets left over. Wow. With what? Barley loaves and fish. That's incredible. Wow. Great leftovers. Now, why 12 baskets? 12 disciples. 12 disciples. 12 baskets. Each disciple had a basket. And there was a purpose for this. Oh, yeah. There's a divine intention as to why Jesus had them gather the leftovers. Remember when we began, we said sometimes we are forgetful. Sometimes we we become familiar with what we have learned or heard. That's why we're revisiting the life of Jesus. We become forgetful. Well, also, Jesus didn't do things to impress people. He did things to educate people. And he wanted these baskets to be a reminder that Jesus provides. And there was a time later when Jesus almost had to rebuke them because they were fearful in a storm. He said, don't you remember the baskets? Don't you remember how when I went into action and everybody's need was met and they were full and there was leftovers? Don't you remember that? Don't you think I can take care of this right now? 
See, we become familiar or we, be, we become forgetful. So Jesus is teaching something. What could Jesus be teaching? I got a few things here. Number one, remember Philip said the situation is hopeless. It's hopeless. We don't have any money. We can't buy lunch for 5,000 people. Andrew said, we got a little boy here. He's got a little bit of a lunch, but what is this with so many people? But you know what Andrew did? He helped make the miracle possible. Because there are two attitudes in life. One is positive, one is negative. Andrew, secondly, brought the young boy. Andrew did something. You know, it's better to do something than do nothing, right? So the young boy was brought by Andrew. And Jesus is teaching us God uses unexpected means at times. He'll use things in a way that we never expected that. Here we've got a young boy with a willing heart. Sound familiar? Did you ever hear of another young boy with a willing heart? How about David the giant killer? He was a young boy with a willing heart. Once again, sometimes God operates using unexpected means. You get this whole Israeli army full of tough guys, soldiers. This giant comes on the scene and says, I'm not fighting him. And a young boy with a willing heart shows up. I'll fight him. I'll go. I'll, I'll fight him in the name of the Lord. He knew. See, no one ever knows what will come out of it when we bring someone to Jesus. Andrew brought a little boy to Jesus, and Jesus, and the little boy was like, yeah, man, I can use you. And he was responsible for feeding all those people. Think about this. If a parent trains their child in the knowledge and love of God, who knows what mighty things that child will come to do? Who knows? You give them a godly foundation and watch them blossom. If a Sunday school teacher invests in a child, who knows what that child will become? Sunday school teachers don't get enough credit. Let me tell you, you are life changers. Those little kids might not remember all the lessons you taught them, but they'll remember you. They'll remember how you welcome them every Sunday and you love them and you taught them and you were there faithfully. They could count on it. You were there all the time and you brought lessons and you brought snacks. <laughs> Can't forget the snacks, right? You know, there was an old old German schoolmaster who taught young boys and he taught young boys and when he did, he would remove his cap and bow down to the young students every morning. Someone asked him, why are you doing that? And he said, you never know what one of them may someday become. So it's like he was honoring them now. And you know, he was right. One of them became Martin Luther. Wow. Well, the third thing we can learn from Jesus in this incident is regarding what you offer to Jesus, there is no limit to the good that can be accomplished. This little boy, he offered a little, but with it, Jesus did 
a lot. You know, you might think what you offer to God is a little, and it is, but God can turn it into a lot. The key, there's two things here. Number one, your heart. And number two, your willingness. That's it. If you have a sensitive heart and a willingness, that's all God needs. God will do the rest. And then fourthly, one time the disciples, like I said, they forgot to bring bread for a journey. And Jesus said to them, don't you remember the loaves? We had leftovers. Don't you remember? See, he's always teaching. When we go to church and listen to the preacher and hear the word of God, it's about learning. God wants us to learn and he wants us to remember. That's so important. Learn and remember. So in verse 14, therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, feeding the multitude, they said, oh, this is truly the prophet. And they knew the Messiah who's come into the world. See, Jesus did something to show them who he was. Sometimes he reveals himself, sometimes he doesn't. Here he was. He was revealing himself to these people. You know why? Because they were hungry. Oh, they weren't just physically hungry. They were spiritually hungry. Maybe that's the question we have to ask ourselves today. Am I hungry? Am I hungry to know God? That's the key. You know, a lot of people go after God for what they can get. But how about going after him just because you want to know him? You don't want him to just fill your belly. You want him to fill your soul. Fill your heart. These people followed Jesus because they knew there was something special about Jesus. And they wanted to be around him. You know what? They wanted to be part of it. Why not? Why not be part of who God is and what God is doing? I can't see why not. That's the best place to be. That's the best thing to do. Hey, thanks for coming along today. New Hope Radio, Dave Therrien. Don't forget, join the Hope Club. And I want you also to join us on YouTube. Join our YouTube channel. So important. You'll get these notifications every day. And the Hope Club. I'm going to tell you how to join the Hope Club. You'll get a devotional every day. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click giving, e-giving, choose radio, commit $3 a week, hit submit, boom, you're there. That's it for today. I'll see you next time.